you for it. Uh, and I want to praise the Lord. We've had two uh, building fund offerings last Sunday and then the first uh, Sunday of February, I believe. And so we've had two building fund offerings and both of those were uh, uh, very uh, well participated in. We appreciate that. Gives us an idea of uh, the level of interest and we do appreciate that so very, very much. All right. I'm going to ask Kurt if he would to ask God's blessing on the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. For this morning, Lord, we thank you for uh, just the uh, church's open doors, Father, to allow us to come in here and worship you, Father. We thank you for uh, just taking care of us and blessing us more than we deserve, Lord. Yes. Be with the service this morning. Be with the one who stands, Lord. Just give give them the words that we need, Lord. Let us focus in uh, for this time, Father, on you, on your worship, Lord, and just learning more about you, Lord. Bless this offering. Bless the gift and giver alike. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing
another one. I don't think we sang it in the morning yet. Uh, a song that we did at the choir clinic. This song is called Me on Your Mind. And um, uh, the fellow who wrote this song, I heard him give a testimony of what led him to write this song. And uh, it was during COVID when things were all out of whack. And uh, he makes his living being on the road. And I'm just like so many others, uh, just so uncertainty, jobs, who knew what was going on, and, uh, and he was just speaking about how there was just so many things going through his mind, and, and he said it was just like every time that he opened up the Bible, that the verse that he read was exactly what he needed, was the, was the encouragement that he needed, was the promise that he needed to hear, and he started to think, you know, God, when you... When you wrote this, were you thinking of me? When you wrote that down, and, and he just started to have this thought of this song, and he uh, went to his wife, and he said, you know, he was kind of pitching this idea and saying, look, here's what I've been thinking, and uh, what are you thinking? And she started to cry and said, you know, I think of that all the time. You know, when God was on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross and his arms were stretched open wide, you know, was he thinking about me at that time? And I just... I'm just thankful that we serve a God who's that big, that he can think of us just not, not just right now with what we're going through, but he's already thought of it. He already knew what we were going to face. He already knew the trials we'd come across, and he gave us his word that we could use as a guidebook in life. And, and when we're wandering we, and we feel like we're out there on our own, he gives us passages like he left the 90 and 9 just to go after that one. And he loves us that much that he'd come after just us. And he's thinking about just us. Psalms tells us that the thoughts that he has for us is just too great the number. The thoughts that he has for us. And, and when we're thinking about we're just too far gone, that God just, you know, we just went too far. We ran too far away from God. He gives us passages like the prodigal son and, and, and tells us about how the father received him with open arms. And that's what God does for us. I'm just thankful that God's just, he's not limited. We limit God because we're limited in what we do and what we think and how we operate. And so, so often we put God in that box that, that God can just operate the way we operate. But his ways are higher than us. He's so much bigger than us. And, and, and what you're going through today, he already knows. He already thought about it. He already has a plan for it. And if you're searching his word, he's got a promise for you. He's got some encouragement for you. So I pray this song's a blessing to you this morning. I've read the words in red How you leave the ninety-nine To find the one missing Feels like that was written with me on your mind and the prodigal son who ran leaving his home behind the part where the father came running to meet him did you say that with me on your
flooded my soul with unspeakable hope. Thank you, Lord, that it's me on your mind. Who am I that the King of the world would give one single thought about my broken heart? Who am I that the God of all grace wipes the tears from my face and says, Come as you are? Who paid the price? Who took the cross? Who gave the life? And you did it all with me on your mind. Oh, it was me on your mind. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, it was me on your mind. I've read the words in red of a heavenly home on high. You're preparing a place where the sorrows erased. And when I stand before you, I'll find all along it was me on your mind. Who am I that the king of the world would give one single thought about my broken heart? Who am I that the God of all grace wipes the tears from my That's what the mercy of God 
the things I've done, the things I've said, the choices made that I regret. Oh, I would still be lost if it was not for the mercy of God. And I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. It's His goodness and mercy and the power of the blood. I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power
is a river of gladness that pours from Emmanuel's veins. The sinner was plunged beneath the flood God saved. Since then I walk in forgiveness. All of my guilt was erased. The chains of the past are broken at last. I got saved. Oh, I got saved. I'm redeemed by the mercy of Jesus. I'm amazed by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How good I want more. I've received nothing but goodness. I've tested and tasted your grace. I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved. Boy, I got saved. I'm redeemed by the mercy of Jesus. I'm amazed by the goodness of the says, who is man? What is man? You are mindful of him. What that's saying is, why in the world would a God who is so big think about somebody like me that's so small? That's what that first song we sang was talking about. Did you, were you really thinking about me, God? He is. Doesn't matter who you are in here this morning. See, God doesn't have to worry about time, so he can take all the time in the world to just think about you. See, he doesn't have to worry about that. He can stop whatever he's doing and just think about you forever. Do you think about that? You just think about you forever because he's got forever for me too. 
Because eternity, I know you can't grasp it, can you? It's got no beginning or end. It has nothing. And here's what's getting me this morning. Not only does he just think about us, but he loves us. And he sets his love on us. That he would search us out. And when we would break his heart, he'd still come and find us again. And when we make a mess of everything that he's done, he'll come and find you again. And again. And again. I'm overwhelmed and amazed by the love of God this morning. And I'm so glad that his love just keeps moving first in my place. Daryl, go ahead and sing this this morning. This is a story of a runaway with no way home and no way out. I threw the best of me away. I had my chance, it's too late now. I'm too far gone, too ashamed to think that you'd still know my name. But love refused to let my story end that away.
Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, chapter number 13. Acts, chapter number 13. What a privilege, amen, to come into his presence. To be with the one who set us free, amen. Boy, it's good. So good. Let's pray that the Lord will help us this morning, that as his presence has been real with us, that it also will speak to a heart that needs him this morning. Because we're here, we're here to meet and gather as God's people in fellowship, and the Holy Spirit comes in and meets, and our fellowship is one with another. But we're here to also proclaim the word of God so that those who are lost and don't know him, can enter into the joy of full salvation in Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing, amen, that we could be saved, that we could know the living God in a real and intimate way. And boy, I'm praying that the Lord will use his word this morning to help us do that. Acts chapter number 13, if you found that, we're going to start reading in verse number one. Stand with me just for a moment. As we read the word and then ask God to help us this morning. The Bible tells us in 13 verse number 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Menean which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for just another opportunity to be in your house this morning. Dear Lord, worshiping in your house has been amazing. The Lord, you've just keep blessing doing great and mighty things. But dear Lord, we know, we know that we need the preaching of the word. We know that the word comes in and does, does a work that's hard, does a work that sometimes we would, we might just rather want to sing right through the service and praise you and, uh, and have our hearts filled with that. But we know we need the preaching of the word of God to bring into our heart and life and say, hey, this isn't right where you're at. This is wrong, and we're going to let you see it this morning. And not because the preacher says it, and not because it's uh, uh, what someone else says, but because it's my word. Dear God, we can respond to that. We can look at it and say, yeah, I know you love me, and I know you care for me. You want what is best for me. So help us this morning to be obedient to your word as it's spoken into our hearts. Let it do a work that I know I could never do. Let it just dwell in us richly this morning. Bless your word, every part of it. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We've been preaching through the book of Acts, and as we go through the book of Acts... There's narrative that's being told and it jumps from one to the other. When we preached before, we preached on uh, Herod, his death, and 
We preached a little bit of his contrast with Peter that was in there. The words that are given to us in chapter number 12 are a little bit of a sidebar in a way to some of the things that are going on. We see that uh, the church that's growing and the church that is spreading throughout the world from Jerusalem and up into Antioch has players in it in each place. And Saul, whose name will be changed to Paul very quickly, and Barnabas, these men have a huge role to play in the church at Antioch in so much that they went to Jerusalem during that little bit of time to deliver to them the things that they needed because there was going to be a famine and there was great persecution in Jerusalem. And so they take those things down there and now we see that they've come back and we see that at the end of verse 25 of the previous chapter and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem and when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John whose surname was Mark. And so we see that after they get done in Jerusalem, they go back to Antioch where that church is growing and thriving. And Saul, again, who's later going to be Paul, his, uh, his, everything's changing for him. He's growing in the word of God. And now we come into this passage of scripture where God is going to call Paul and Barnabas and he's going to call them to go and do an even greater work to move on and go to the next level and start doing something even greater. And all I want to put forth to you this morning from this passage of Scripture is a very simple thing, is that if we have been born again and called of God, then God has a purpose and a calling for our life. Okay? All right, do, I, do you want to... I want to make sure you got the premise of the message this morning, Okay? If you have been saved and born again, then God has a calling and a purpose for your life. Amen. Thank you. You're with me now. So I want you to also be aware that the reverse of that is also true in this case. If you do not know or feel or understand that there is a purpose or a calling in your life, then you might want to say, go back to the beginning and say, did I really accept Christ? Did I truly get saved? Do I understand what salvation is? Not just in my heart or in my mind, but also in my heart. Did I have a full grasp of that? Because these things lead to that. So we're going to build on that premise this morning just for a moment. And we're going to look specifically at Paul. Because the thing that's interesting about it from this thing is that I don't know a lot about Barnabas's salvation experience and his calling and all of that. But guess what? I do know a good bit about Paul's. And as a matter of fact, I have a lot of scripture that I can look at and say, this is where Paul was called. This is how these things took place in Paul's life. And I can examine them next to me. And you might say, Mike, Oh, man, I'm not the Apostle Paul. Let's not put ourselves up against him. Well, I get it. I'm not the Apostle Paul anything. But there's a lot of truths that are universal when we get saved. There's a lot of things that are going to apply to him, and they're going to apply to me. And we're going to try to be mindful of those, and we're going to try to look at those this morning. And we're going to ask ourselves, do I have a purpose, and do I have a calling? One of the saddest things 
is when people don't have purpose. Isn't that so true? And I will tell you, the world seems to be doing an A1 top-notch job of taking away our purpose. They, they want everything to mean nothing. They, they want us to think that all of this is just big happenstance and live for the day. I'm telling you, there is purpose. You were created. We've just been singing about this in the image of Almighty God. He has created you for a reason. God does not do anything by accident. And if you have been created in his image, then there is a purpose for you. All of these things, I just, I don't want to preach that too much. I want to make sure I stay on my topic this morning and get this message out to you so that we can look at what we have. So what I want us to look at first as we look at this is I want us to take a look at this passage here and then we'll keep moving backwards and forwards. The first one that I want us to look at, well, I missed this in my introduction and I got to get it out there because it, it has to do with it. So if we have a purpose, it's good to know that. Our purpose is the glory of God, okay? I want to make sure that you got because not everybody is sure of that one, okay? A lot of times when people talk about being saved or a relationship with God, unfortunately, it's all this one-sided stuff. And I want to make sure that we have a, a really good grasp of that as we begin this message. You were created to bring glory to God. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we all fell short of that glory. Why? Because of sin. Adam sinned. He fell short of the glory of God. Sin passed to every man, and I know that you're guilty by association, but you're also guilty because you like to sin too, right? It's all in our nature. Let's be real this morning. Sin is something we all like to do, right? That's it, okay? Don't, don't sit there all high and mighty, okay? You know it. You know it's in your nature to do what's wrong. As a matter of fact, it seems like we have a preset to pick what's wrong, isn't it? Sin is the default for us. But thank God Christ comes along, saves us, and starts to recreate our nature, and it takes some time, amen? Every once in a while, I fall back into default mode, amen? And Satan wants to reset me, but thank God that nature of Christ is working in me to make me more like him, to conform me to the image of Christ. Why? so that I would bring glory to God. That's why. Because I was created in all things to bring glory to God. And I love that. This is what we have done. God, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Amen? And because of this, it's for us to bring that. It's, we are instruments to the glory of God. So I want us to think about that and look at these as we move through. The first thing that I want us to look at and my outline is a little bit, uh, little bit off the wall, but it still is going to fall into place at the end. I want you to make sure that we've got it all together. The first thing that I want us to look at is finding our calling. Number one, I want us to think about finding our, ca our calling. We're going to look in this passage of Scripture right here as we notice it. Verse number two, most of our stuff is going to come right there. Notice what it says. As... So the whole, this one right there says, I want you to separate Paul and Barnabas for what I've called them for. And it starts like this. As they ministered to the Lord. I want you to get this right here. Serving the Lord is not your calling. Okay? 
Serving the Lord is what every Christian does. Did you get that one right there? Okay? Every Christian should be serving the Lord in some capacity. He should find a place to get active and busy in serving the Lord. I, I, boy, it's getting quiet already. All right? Are you ready for some preaching? Okay? All right. It's right out of the Word of God. Okay? So Paul... Get saved, right? Saul gets saved. You remember it. Blinding light, all that business, right? He is sent to the house of Ananias, who's going to tell him what God has for him to do, and he does do that. But on the way, as everything that's going out, and God is working to fulfill the greater calling in his life, he is serving the Lord, and he's working. As a matter of fact, we already read it, Saul has been making sure that God's people in Jerusalem have what they need. Not an easy job. He was taking a trip away from where he was working to go and do this and to make all of that happen. And so I want us to understand, and I want you to understand, that a lot of times we sit around and we go, I don't know what the Lord has for me to do. So what am I going to do? I'm just going to sit here and do nothing while God tells me what to do. God doesn't work that way. God wants you to get busy doing something, okay? And you go, well, I don't feel that I'm called to do that. Well, that's great. Maybe you're not. Maybe he's going to reveal his calling to you. But here's what I do know, is it's really hard for God to deliver his calling to you if you won't be obedient and just start to do anything that he asks you to do. If you want to sit around, that's just, it's just like this. If we're going to be lazy, he's not going to show himself to us. And you might say, Mike, that sounds hard. That sounds harsh. I'm just I'm putting it out there. Why is it that way? Because it reveals our attitude, doesn't it? It's saying, no, I want you, I want you to do for me, God, what I want. Right? That's what it's saying. God, come and give me the perfect job that I want to do in your kingdom, and then it'll be my calling. Because a lot of times we mix it up, and we act like it's gonna, we're waiting on our calling, but what we're waiting on is what we want to do. Okay, That's what we're waiting on. Get busy doing something, and I about guarantee you he's going to show you his calling. It's going to come to you. Finding our calling. Number one, they ministered unto the Lord. Number two, under this sub little section right here, and fasted. Huh. There you go. Are you ready for that one this morning? Do you want to know what God has for you to do? When was the last time you were serious enough about finding his calling in your life that you fasted? Just so you want to know, that means abstaining from food for a time, okay? That's what it's doing. You say, Mike, that's all physical things. That doesn't have to do with the spiritual. No way. The spiritual and the physical are so connected. God is working in huge ways when we are willing to submit. As a matter of fact, didn't the Bible say to present our bodies as a living sacrifice under the Lord, and we're gonna act like the physical and the spiritual are not related? Listen, to get our mind in a place where we can hear the word of God, sometimes we have to get rid of certain things in our life that take up too much of our brain space. And food sometimes takes up too much of our brain space, okay? 
And we need to get to a place where we're serious enough. And this is a topic right here that people just don't like to talk about. They really don't, especially in God's house. We're like, well, you know, that was for then or that's for people that are really serious. Are we not serious? Do we not want to serve the Lord with our whole heart? Or do you want to come at it, you know, half-hearted? Lukewarm doesn't work for God very well, okay? Go read Revelation. Just look up that word, lukewarm. Go see how it looks out there, okay? That's all you got to do. I don't even have to preach that message, right? If we are serious about finding our calling, we will be serving God, and according to this scripture, we will, we will fast. We will pray. We will say, God, what do you want me to do? Number two, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. There's, I think, 14 this morning of these points. Amen. Number two, all right? What is our calling? Broadly, in a broad sense. Here we go. In verse number two, he says this, And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work. There we go again. We're to serve and we're to work. Inside of the kingdom of God, what we will do will be work. You get that one too? I told you. It's so much fun this morning, isn't it? You're just loving it. Amen? When we get involved in what God has for us to do, it will be work. We're all familiar with work, right? We got our jobs. We got the things that we do. And we understand this from the very nature of work. What makes work tough is that it takes, and I know it takes lots of things, but as I was meditating on these things and I was putting these things in my heart as God would bring them to me, is that it takes us being persistent at it. That's one of the hardest things. This is a bad illustration, but I'm going to use this illustration. I remember when my kids were young, and uh, the house that we bought many, many years ago, it just had way too many trees. And, I, you know, us dads, we're, we love to make work for our kids, right? That's what we do. That's our job. We will make work for them. So what would I do? I would go into the backyard, and I would cut down a tree, and then I would cut up all the branches, and then I would say, guys... Drag all that brush to the back of the property, right? And you know what they would do? They would go out there, they would drag about three pieces, and they would go, this is hard. I don't want to do this anymore. And why? Because it's work. It takes persistency, right? It's going to be difficult, number one, right? And then it takes this attitude. And you know what you would say, I would say to those kids, don't look at the whole tree, just one branch at a time, right? Just keep dragging. And before you know it, it'll, it'll all be gone. And, and, and we see those things and breaking it down, that's fine. But when it comes to what we are going to do for the Lord, I, I want you to understand this because we don't get this preaching a lot either. It is going to be work. If you are going to dedicate yourself to, to knowing God's word, it's going to be work. That means some days you're going to get up 
and it's going to look like a huge tree that we cut up. And when the preacher says, hey, read through the Bible with me for a year, you're going to go, how am I supposed to read through this whole thing in a year? Well, one verse at a time. Get up in the morning, take it with you, and put it in your, in your lap at lunchtime. I don't know, but open it up and work. And you go, well, but that doesn't have the right attitude because, you know, I, I'm doing it out of obligation. Let me tell you something. Do it out of obligation because he will bless you for it eventually because that's hiding his word in your heart, and one day you're going to need it. And you're going to be like, man, I'm so glad that I did that work. But we are, we just miss that. It's going to be work. What does that mean? It means that there will be a challenge in front of you when you're, when you're reaching your calling, when you're going for what God has for you to do. And unfortunately, most people stop. And unfortunately, in the Christian culture that we have, the three basic ones that we have to come to all of the time, which is church attendance, prayer, and Bible reading, we can't get past that one. Oh, boy, it got quiet, didn't it? Can I hit that point again? I'm going to do it like this this time. Bible reading, prayer, and church attendance. We can't get past those three. But it matters, doesn't it? And sometimes it's going to be work. Just ask those young moms that drag them kids into church. Amen? It's work. Amen? But does it pay off? I think that I got some living proof that it does pay off. Amen? And I think it, I mean, let's just, we got to understand where it's, it's going to be work. But we think following the Lord is just going to, and I know we, we act like it's a cliche, and we say, we know it's not going to be easy or a bed of roses, but when we come up to the smallest bit of opposition against those things in our life, then we stop working at it. You know, this is just hard. I don't know if I can do this anymore. Work. This is our calling. We'll rest when we get there. Amen? This is not the place of rest. This is the place of work. This is where we work till Jesus comes. Amen? We'll work till Jesus comes. Anyway, that was a great point, wasn't it? It gets better, okay? Trust me. All right, number three. So we have our calling broadly. Number three, our calling distinctly. Our calling distinctly. Now, I want you to turn back with me. to Acts chapter number nine. You know what's wonderful about this little story or as it goes here, we get a lot of information about Paul's calling. We see it played out for us in Acts chapter number nine, but then what's even more exciting to me than that is in Acts chapter 22, and in Acts chapter 26, Paul himself retells the story about God's calling on his life. Those are really good. And we might get there if we have time this morning. Amen? Chapter 9, verse number 15. I want us to look at that one. So we know all about what's taking place in chapter 9. That Paul, is, he was Saul then, is breathing out threatenings. And you see that in verse number 1. And, and all of that stuff that starts to happen about that on the road to Damascus, that he sees the bright light. And, and the Lord Jesus Christ himself says to, uh, to Saul, he says, hey, 
Why are you persecuting me? Listen, you need to go down to Ananias' house and he's going to tell you what to do. And this is what is given to him by Ananias. He says in verse number 15, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. He's telling Ananias, This is what I want you to tell Saul. He's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name. To bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Our calling distinctly is to bear the name of Jesus Christ. Man, this one excites me. I was sharing this with Sunday school this morning. I got a song that's stuck in my head and it says, I am not my own. I belong to the Lord. And I just keep playing that thing over and over. I am not my own. I belong to the Lord. My body is his to do whatever he wants with. My mind and my heart is his to use in however he sees fit. I bear the name of Jesus Christ. I must decrease. He must increase. In this work and in this calling of God, if it's still about me, it doesn't work out very well. If your Christian life, right, is still just like self-help and self-betterment, it's not what this is about. Okay? This isn't like, you know, a self-confidence seminar that we're doing here. This isn't about, you know, my best life now stuff. This is about I bear the name of Jesus Christ. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. And now whatever I do speaks to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ said, I do all things that please the Father. Even Christ himself was interested in all times of pleasing the Father and bringing glory to the Father. Therefore, my calling specifically is to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ on this earth. I bear the name of Christ. I got to keep going. I'm going to be quicker on these, okay? Number four, my calling. Number three was our calling distinctly. Number four, the calling to every man. Real quick, run with me. Acts chapter 22. little more jumping than I like to do, but the Lord put this here, and I think that he's got it here for a reason. 22, verse number 15 again. Again, a great verse. Paul is talking about everything that is done. When Paul gets an opportunity, he talks about what Jesus Christ, how he met him, and that's wonderful. He says this right here, For thou shalt be his witness unto all men, of what thou hast seen and heard. The calling to every man is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Now, I hope that you're still following me with all of the things that we put together here this morning. I'm trying to hurry, but I feel I got a little bit of liberty to go ahead and preach this. Remember what we're saying, that if I have been saved, born again, that there is a purpose and a calling on my life. 
So there is a calling broadly. There is a calling that goes out. And then there's this calling that is to every Christian to be a witness of what Jesus Christ has done. Now listen, I don't want to play the game this morning of where I try to guilt you into witnessing for Jesus Christ, okay? I don't want to do that. We could play that game, right? Oh, the Lord's done this for you. Oh, you should be a testament. You should be all that. Because as a matter of fact, what I really believe that is if you have been born again and the grace of God has overwhelmed you, okay, then you cannot help but speak, like in Acts, right, of the good things that the Lord has done. That's being a witness, okay? And I want to be clear about this because everybody in here is, well, not everybody. Some of you might not be familiar. I'm not the one that always is, Brother Harry, I love the tracks, and that is an awesome way to minister. And we should do that. But we also can minister in other ways as well where we're speaking continuously about what he's done in our life, how he's blessed, the things that he's done. And that should be in our mouth as well. It should be both parts that take place there. Like I said, if we have to come in and guilt you into witnessing, well, that's, it's, it's all backwards, right? I love to tell the story, right? Not I have to tell the story. I love to tell the story of what Jesus has done for me, of unseen things, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. Yeah, I got to keep going. I, I had like about four, you know, all that under there, but that's okay. And now I want you to go with me to chapter 26. I'm hitting them all. I'm getting them all in. Amen. Chapter 26. The calling completed. The calling completed. What is God calling you to do? Have you completed it? I love this. Acts 26. This is some... Lately, I've, this is in my mind all the time. Paul is talking to King Agrippa. All of these verses are amazing. There's so much going through in there. Right at the very beginning, Ananias says, you're going to stand before kings and deliver the gospel. That's what you're called to do, Saul. And here he is standing before King Agrippa. In verse number 17 of chapter 26, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Just in case you were wondering, he had a very specific calling to the Gentile people, did the Apostle Paul. While, now listen, boy, this is so good. And I feel like I'm preaching way too long this morning. But if I did, I apologize. I'm sorry. I hope you're still with me. But this is so wonderful. While his, while his calling was all of those things, broadly all of that, it still had a distinct direction that it went to the Gentile people. That's who Paul was called to. Paul was called to preach to a very specific people, and he was good at it, and he did that. And you know what? God, while all of that general stuff applies to you and is found inside of it, and if you're not doing one part, it's really hard to find the other, but inside of that, I hope you're ready for this this morning, inside of that, you're going to find the people that he wants you to speak to specifically. And when you get that opportunity, you're going to know that the Lord was in every part of that, directing every path so that you're speaking 
to the ones that are supposed to hear it at the right time, at the right place. And you were like, wow, God did all of this. I'm telling you, it's a good place to be. That's when you're like Joseph and you're like, your brothers are standing in front of you and you're like, wow, God did it. He put it all together. And there they are, right there. The ones that meant me evil, but I'm going to do good for them. I'm telling you, that's a good place to be when God just shows you all of it. Boom, right there. His calling was specific. He wants to send you that specific person. That, And I don't know if this is even possible, but it feels like this sometimes, that only you have the ability to speak that truth of Christ into their whether it be because of your circumstances of life, whether it be because of what you've gone through, or maybe it'll just be because you're the only one that'll listen to them. <laughs> when it seems like everybody else, but you, then at that point, you are Christ to them. We are the body of Christ. That's a good place to be. He said his calling was completed. Delivering, he said, from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Amen, right? That we could be forgiven, that you could be forgiven and an inheritance. Man, are you glad that God included you in on the inheritance that's Jesus Christ's. Amen. You don't deserve that. That's his inheritance. But we are partakers of it with him. And an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is to me. Then this is a verse I can't get enough of. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient under the heavenly vision. What's Paul saying? Agrippa, I did everything he asked me to. I did it. I couldn't always keep everything, and maybe I failed from time to time. But I'm telling you, King Agrippa, because of who I met that day, I was working so hard to be obedient to the heavenly vision. Let me ask you these two questions this morning, and I'll be done. Have you been obedient to the call of God in your life? And number two, have you experienced the call of God in your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed. They come this morning, prepare a hymn of invitation, song or whatever they want. Listen to me this morning. This is for the unbeliever and the believer this morning. It's pretty distinct, isn't it? Pretty easy. If, you've been, if you haven't been saved this morning, listen, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ, we just read it in his word here. We've seen it played out so many times. We've sung about it. We've done everything. He loves you. He's called you. He set his love upon you, and he's mindful of you. And everything that he's done this morning, he is a divine God that set it up with you his mind. 
He can do that. He can make this all happen for every one of us in here this morning, individually and corporately at the same time. He's that big of a God. He's that big. But then if you're here this morning, and this, this was what was on my heart this morning, and you think you know God or have some sort of relationship or whatever, I do want to challenge it a little bit this morning. Is there a calling in your life? The believer has a purpose and a calling. Dear Heavenly Father, do your work with your word this morning. In Christ's name we pray. As we stand and sing. In a place called